What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam January Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's the last last day of our favorite month of the year, January. It's January Atlanta sports. They just keep coming hard, and we just keep recording about it, you know? So this is the last one. Thank God. So doing feeling pretty good about that. But we got a packed show today. Totally packed. News <laughs> abounds we've in got, all sectors of the Atlanta sports we've world. We've got Falcons. We actually do have Falcons news. We're protesting the Hawks yes. officially. Yes, we are. We might, we might just like nix them completely from our logo. We still have Atlanta United in the logo as well. We probably need to, you know, just do some editing. We need to, uh, you know, that's it would have been a perfect time to talk about that with uh, graphic designer uh, Vicky past uh, over the weekend. weekend. She, yeah. she was in town, so that we we failed to do so. Yep. Now we can never talk to her again. And uh, we got some Braves to talk today as well. Oh, business, uh, business, yeah, the, the business, business of side. sports minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Brought to you by dadlaw.com. So, uh, you know, I've just tried to outline our shows every now and then. Sure. So, it's good to have this discussion now so that people know what's coming and so that we know what's coming. And it's also funny when we forget to discuss some of the things that we outline. Right. And you can't really edit around that. And people are like, I wonder if they're, it's a test if they're listening or not. Are they listening? Are they passive listeners or active listeners? That's true. They've probably already fast forwarded. Wondering if we're ever going to start the show. Yeah, and they probably fast forward to the end since it'll be another probably short episode. We'll see. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into it. Let's Graham. get into it. Uh, news out of Flowery Branch today, Adam. The Falcons have found their new defensive coordinator, one Ryan Nielsen, who started his career at the University of Southern California, uh, went to all sorts of different schools to be a defensive line coach, defensive coordinator, etc. until he jumped to the Saints in 2017 and was their defensive line coach for three years. And uh, he remained a defensive line coach until last season, but also got promotions to assistant head coach in 2021 and defensive co-defensive coordinator in 2022. The Saints have been vaunted for the defensive line prowess uh, ever since he showed up. A lot of that probably has to do with Cam Jordan, but obviously this guy did something there. And, um, had some success, so I appreciate bringing in a guy who is focused on the defensive line because that is the biggest area of need for the Falcons. So, on paper, I like the move. Any relation to the Nielsen rating guy that they use for TV tracking TV numbers? Uh, there is no. You don't have that in your personal notes? life on his Wikipedia. <clears throat> okay, so section. We'll have I'm to sure dig- he has a personal life. But. Sure, we'll have to dig a little deeper there. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, coming from the Saints, I mean, Terry Fontenot came from the Saints, so obviously he has some sort of relationship with this guy, knows what he's getting into with him. I know we had been squawking about how we wanted more of a old grizzled head coach, but, you know, there's ups and downs to each side of that. So I'll, I'll take the young up-and-comer. We'll have him for two years, and he'll go and be a head coach and be great somewhere right. like the rest of our young coaches. Sure. So let's break down just how good the defensive line for the Saints has been sack-wise. I'm not even talking about just other numbers. All I care is about getting sacks, Adam, and anyone who's listening to the show knows that. Protect the quarterback, attack the quarterback. So 2017, the Saints had 42 sacks. 2018, 49. 2019, 51. 2020, 45. 2021, 46. 2022, 48. So pretty damn good run there. Not a single season below 40 sacks. That's an average of 40 sacks, or excuse me, that's an average of 46 sacks per season. So I like that. 
obviously they have better personnel than we did during that time, but obviously doing something right with your scheme if you're getting that many sacks. And for comparison's sake, I think we had what, like 16, 18? So I also calculated this. Uh, Falcons in 2022, 21 sacks. 2021, 18. 2020, 29. 2019, 28. 2018, 37. 2017, 39. Surprisingly, we almost hit 40 sacks, but I don't really care about anything before 2021 because that's when Arthur Smith showed up. So, yeah, his two seasons, um, this regime's first two seasons, we averaged 19.5 sacks per year the last two years. And I think the Chiefs had, what, like 70 this year or something crazy like that? It's like the Chiefs had more sacks this year than we've had over like three or four Yeah, it's, it was crazy. Combined. The Eagles also had a bitch load of sacks, and both those teams are in the Super Bowl. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, so not a coincidence. No, it's not. So I like the pedigree. Don't really know much else about the guy, but um, there's a big search. I know they were also looking at Steve Wilkes, the, uh, it was the Panthers uh, interim head coach this year and a couple other guys, but um, apparently this Nielsen fellow was close to going to Minnesota in a similar role, or maybe the same role, but Falcons swooped in, I guess, and uh, interviewed him twice, and here he is. So here's hoping he can turn this defensive line around. He's obviously... Coming into a great situation, not with the personnel on the roster, but with the potential personnel coming on the roster with all this salary cap money coming in this season. Yeah, NFL released the salary cap numbers this week. I believe the Falcons are second with about $54 million to spend right now. But that's before, you know, we likely cut Mariota, and there's another couple other deals that we can do. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of money to spend. It's very exciting. And at the very bottom of that list – you know, the Saints were like 50-something million in the hole, and the Bucks are like 60-something million in the hole. So this division is really for the taking this year. If, you know, Fontenot and Arthur Smith can just evaluate these players well, Graham. Yeah. I know they're at the Senior Bowl right now. They're like coaching something up east-west. The east-west game, yeah. So they're getting, you know, getting some good looks at these guys. Yeah, and Nielsen showed up there too. So he's already on the job, which is great. It's good. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say about this guy. We'll just see what happens. But, like I said, on paper, defensive line sucks. Get a guy who's been working with people in the trenches for the last six years and had great success doing so at the professional level. I also like that he wasn't just like, oh, let's get a guy from, uh, I don't know, some some school, some some Division One school. Maybe he'll come up here and do a good job like Sarkeesian, you know, like that, that, that call that Dan Quinn made, which ruined the offense that year. Um, this is much. This is this just seems like a more informed decision, and obviously, also like you mentioned, the Fontenot connection is there. He knows about him. It just it's not like we're just going out on a limb here and bringing a guy in. It's like yeah, maybe he can do the job. It's like no, he specializes in defensive line. Fontenot knows him, and he's done it at a high level the last six years. So so I'm I'm all for it. All right, yeah, Graham's happy. I'm happy. I would not expect to wake up to this today. So. Uh, hopefully there's some some hope for this defensive line. Well, I believe this this news broke Friday. I did not see it until <laughs> this morning. It, it broke for you today, huh? It broke for me today. Yeah. That's the Falcons news, Adam. Anything <laughs> else you wanna uh, you wanna talk Falcons? No, man. That no. was that was a strong start, strong segment. Um, <laughs> I feel very informed and uh, you know, just ecstatic. Good. So, good good segment, Graham. Great segment. Um, let's talk about why we're protesting the Hawks, Adam. Dive on in. Uh, that was a setup for you, but I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, like we've talked about the last month or so, it's just more disappointment and underperformance. 
shitty defense, shitty shooting, shitty coaching scheme. Um, team chemistry doesn't look great. Not fun to watch. So why watch them at this point? It feels like every time I turn on a game, there's just some boneheaded decision being made. Bad turnovers, missed free throws. Uh, they, they, they let Portland shoot 48% from three-point range last night and just absolutely broke down uh, down the stretch with um, you know protecting the interior of the hoop. Damian Lillard had just clear access to the cup, it seemed like, in those last couple minutes. No one stepped up to even try to slow him down. And despite like a Herculean effort from DeJounte Murray of 40 points and like eight boards and seven assists or something, um, and Trey was out, it just wasn't enough. And... You know, it's just that's just the season in a nutshell. It's just not enough. There's some like things you can look at where you you like what you see, but as a whole, as a team, as an organization, it's just a bunch of bullshit. So I'm not gonna keep wasting my time just watching this team. Um, it's not to say I won't watch another game this season, but I just I gotta take a break. I gotta take a break. Yeah, sports. It's supposed to be fun. And talking about sports is supposed to be fun. It shouldn't be an obligation. No. If, you, if like every time we talk about the Hawks, it feels <laughs> it's like pulling teeth. Well, yeah, that, and I just don't, I, I don't have, same thing, Graham. I do not want to sit down and watch this team blow leads down the stretch. I'll, yeah. I'm going to be a bandwagon fan. <laughs> you know, they ge- start doing well, you'll, you'll, you'll ge- turn them back Generally, on. we shit on bandwagon fans, but I think that's all the Hawks deserve this year. Well, there's also If they so- start to turn around, okay, I'll get back Fine. on. But yeah, it's like, we, we've seen enough. We've seen enough. And, and we'll watch in the playoffs. If they make it. Um I, you know, it's just one of those things where you start getting older, you get into your 30s, and you start realizing don't have to watch every game, especially when the team is just not very good. And they just fall well short of your expectations. It's like, fuck it. So, probably won't have a hawk segment for the next couple of weeks unless <laughs> something really crazy happens like that's newsworthy. If it's just more of the same of, oh, we lost the game in the last minute because. Uh, Trey Young was trying to inbound and Mason Plumley was on him and he couldn't do it and Nate called a timeout and then we did the same exact play and then you know then got a five second violation. If we keep doing shit like that, that was the last straw for you, wasn't that it? That was the last straw yeah. when that happened. Uh, not this, not last week, but the week before last. I was just like, ah, okay. Well, maybe maybe it's time to just mix it up. Go ahead and fire Nate. Just, they should just do get something. On do yeah. something. If that's what you're gonna do, do it. I don't, I don't know. Like maybe they're worried about blowback again with how like. People were coming out treating Lloyd Pierce like he was fucking Red Auerbach or something. Like all these coaches, Popovich and someone else just came out and just lambasted the the Hawks for firing Lloyd Pierce. And maybe they just don't want that to happen again where it's like it doesn't become as attractive of an option for coaches to come to the Hawks if they're just firing coaches midseason, I guess. But it's like, who gives a shit, man? This is just not working. The fan base is frustrated. The players are frustrated. I'm sure Nate's frustrated. It ain't working. Someone will take the job. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, oh god, we can't hire anybody because mm, it's an you know it's an NBA head coaching position. I mean, Jesus Christ, the ba- the baffling incompetence of this organization knows no bounds. All right, I think we need to uh, get on with our protest now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Hawk segment complete. Hawk segment complete, and now we'll uh, <laughs> check it off. Yeah, and now we'll hear a word from our friends from DraftKings, and we'll do. Uh, very interesting, brave segment. I don't know how this is going to go, but it should be entertaining. Uh, nonetheless, at, at, at a minimum, it'll be better than what we just talked about. It could be extremely boring as well, to sure. be clear. <laughs> but it's going to be different content. The stage is set, and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for the NFL action than with DraftKings Sportsbook. 
an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add, up to 100%. All right, so this week, we're talking about the Super Bowl. We got Kansas City and Philly squaring off in Arizona. Kansas City's getting two and a half points, but I think even if Mahomes is healthy, Philadelphia Eagles, this is their year, and they just look like the buzzsaw that no one wants to run into. Everyone else looks like a piece of uh, wood that's just ready to be cut in half by this uh, insanely talented offense and defense. And uh, so I'm, I'm definitely taking the Eagles in this game despite the two and a half points being given to Kansas City. And I also like uh, taking the over. These are two high-powered offenses, um, even though they both also do a great job of getting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, the Eagles put up 38 or 31 or whatever it was against uh, against San Fran. And Kansas City, I think, can also put up a lot of points. The Eagles have given up a lot of points to many teams this year, despite how good their defense is. Um, so I think taking the over on the 50 and a half is also a good bet. So take the Eagles and take the over. And here's what you need to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. And we're back, Adam. This is such an epically long show. How can we extend it further? Well, Graham, my brain is already hurting from this next segment we're about to do. (laughs) So we've been consulting our lawyers on staff at dadlaw.com to write up a summary of what, if you recall, uh, happened at the end of November. The Liberty Media, the owner of the Braves, announced that the Braves would be kind of separated and have their own stock. So the question that we're trying to figure out is what does this mean for the Braves' future? That's a great question. What does this mean for the Braves' future? Are they going to be sold soon? Are they going to try to drive up the price even more? How do you own a piece of the Braves but not be a real owner? So I've got some answers for you, Graham. Potential answers and speculation. And if this gets too much in the weeds, you just stop me, okay? Okay. I want to try to be the voice of the common man. Or if you have any questions. I will definitely... I definitely will uh, have to stop you. I'm financially illiterate, so. All right, and I've got a little uh, outline of this, so let's let's see what where it takes us. All right, so the current status, Graham. So the Braves are owned by Liberty Media. We've covered that, and they're a publicly traded company. Okay, understood. <laughs> but it's a complicated company, which uses quote unquote tracking stocks. What is a tracking stock? I don't know. <laughs> More than most other companies. Currently, Liberty... Oh, here we go. Currently, Liberty Beta has multiple classes of tracking stock for three business groups. One is Sirius XM. Two is Formula One. And three is the Braves. Okay. So the two series of Braves tracking stock are not really interests in the Braves as an organization. They are shares in Liberty Media. Through complicated accounting... Liberty Media allocates value to the Braves tracking stock based on the performance of the Braves business, but the tracking shares do not give a direct interest in the Braves business. Does that make any sense to you? Uh, 
basically they can't they're not getting money from the Braves doing well it seems like like the stock goes up but they're not getting like cash they can use technically and I think this also has to do with how baseball's rules are for like ownership in terms of uh, not having like if you have a big corporation right owning your your team they can't be like directly involved or so- something crazy like that I can't remember that could be it Graham I'm not sure we'll stick to the outline <laughs> uh, but good attempt. Yeah. So keep it in mind, the Braves are a small piece of Liberty's business. For example, the Braves three month total revenue for period ending September, 2022 was 252 million out of a total of 3,247 million for all of Liberty. Okay. So they got a lot of money. Braves smaller part. So, all we know is that they're proposing to separately incorporate the Braves as a new company, Braves Inc., with its assets and liabilities, with the intent that when the dust settles, Liberty and Braves will be separated, will be separate publicly traded companies. The battery development will go with the Braves. So then Liberty will exchange new shares of Braves stock for outstanding shares of Braves tracking stock. Oh, Lord. So here's a question for you. Uh, when this happens or... When, when people can actually buy the Brave stock. I don't think that's announced yet. Right. That hasn't happened yet. But when they can. Yeah. It's whoever has the most Brave stock. Can they make like decisions or something if this becomes separate or, or not? I don't think so. Okay. That doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Uh, A key condition to completing the deal will be approval by MLB of the transfer of the Braves to Braves, Inc. Also, they will be seeking a ruling from the IRS on the tax-free nature of the transaction. What happens if Braves, Inc. is acquired after the split-off? That's when someone can start making uh, decisions. That's when you get like a traditional owner, one would think. Possibly, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You look very uncomfortable over there, like you're taking a... uh, Big old dump. You don't know when it's going to stop running through you. I'm just trying to stay with it, man. Yeah, I feel you. Um, That's how I felt this morning. So here's some observations. Um, Let's see. It's possible the Braves will be a takeover target. One point of the reorganization may be that the structure may permit a third party to take over the Braves without further approval by MLB. Okay. So that would be that big guy coming in. Right. You're a Tony wrestler, if you will. Yeah. Hopefully not him. Let's see here. If this happens, Liberty would still own 14% of the Braves. Uh, complicated liability and service sharing agreements will be entered into when Braves Inc. is split off. Liberty could have some measure of continuing interest and control of Braves Inc. through the agreements. A key owner of Liberty Media is well known as a very savvy businessman, Graham. So it may be that he's trying to sell when the market value of the Braves is high. Who is this savvy businessman? Uh, he didn't include that in the notes. Not not a great note from Dadlaw not to include his name. Yeah. So, And I've got a few more notes from a second tax lawyer in which he's further speculating that it is possible they're setting up the Braves for a future sale in which the proceeds can go to the shareholders in a transaction where only one tax is imposed. However, subject to an exception noted below, it would generally be problematic for the sale to be pre-wired or part of an integrated plan with the split-off. Is this that made no sense to me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get the cliff notes here. 
Oh God! Reverse Morris trust transaction. I think this one got a little too long. Yeah, that's that's too far us. ahead. I don't know. They severely underestimated our uh, computational skills or just our uh, knowledge of how the uh, super big business world works. Yeah. So I I, I don't I don't know if I got anything. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that gives us sheds more light on things. I guess. I guess it's good to know how it would work if a third party comes in to acquire the Braves. Um, but, nah, doesn't really. <laughs> <laughs> guess the main point is that it's trending towards the Braves being sold. Yes, which I think is good. But also, um, Tony Ressler is a cautionary tale right now about, you know, I'm always the guy who's like, I want an owner. Arthur Blank is also a cautionary tale for United and the Falcons. I want an owner. I want a real live person owner, not a corporation. The corporation is the only team that's won a championship. I'm not counting United in this because it's a minor league. It's all right. I'm not counting United in this because it's a that's a minor league soccer team. I'm talking about professional championships. The only franchise that's won was the one originally controlled by a man, and now the one that's controlled by a corporation. So, just goes to show you got to have the right people in place regardless of the situation. Yes, you want like unlimited money and blah 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 blah, and someone who has like a vision and shit. But doesn't really matter if the vision is shit. So, so your team Liberty Media now. Yeah, we don't want Liberty Media to sell. I don't. Well, if they can sell it to a person that can allow us to spend more money, I'm all you know. I'm all for it. But if they come in and like we want to get rid of Anthopolis, then it's like, well, that's a fucking disaster. You don't want that. But imagine Anthopolis with like. A three hundred million dollar payroll would be unstoppable. I think the problem is that the owner's ego gets in the way. Yeah. So like, well, some do, some well, don't. I mean, that happened with Arthur Blank, like Steve Conan. He's kind of going crazy, and they're not necessarily making the best baseball decisions. They're just like trying to make a big splash, like Jerry Jones yeah. doing the same thing, right? And they're going nowhere with it. So I mean, it's it's nice to just you know have your random company that gives you money and just cares about the bottom line. For how the Braves are doing money wise, sure. and then just put in smart people, yeah, like Anthopolis, right? But then you got your Ted Turner's of the world, who even though he got too involved at times, gave you all the money you need needed to put together a sure. a team that should have won probably four World Series in a decade. Yeah, it's a catch twenty two, and I think it all just comes down to the people really that are hired at the end of the day. But an owner that can fund a team and step off and let the baseball people or football or basketball people do what they need to do is the ideal scenario. But yeah, there's been tons of stories about owners being too involved. And like, we, we are not uh, a unique situation here in Atlanta where we got guys like wrestler and Arthur blank getting way too personal, way too close to uh, the, the team. So Jerry Jones is the fucking GM for Christ's sake of the Cowboys. They haven't gone. I love that they have not gone to even the conference championship since like '95. That's hilarious. Yeah, all these teams are just, except for the two in the Super Bowl, everyone's just the Falcons now. Great. Yeah, yeah. everyone is the Falcons, and soon one of those te- two teams will also be the Falcons. Yeah, well, but in heartbreaking fashion. Sure, well, we know all about that. That we do, Graham. That um, we do. And there it is. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got too. Well, we hope you guys are doing well out there. We'll see you next week for another probably 30-minute episode. And, um, yeah, until, like, spring training starts, this is probably going to be the the way it is, folks. Sorry. Uh, Bear with us. And, um, yeah, we love you. 
if you have Until, any questions, yeah, feel free to reach out to us on uh, the Twitter. That'd be a good time for some engagement. Yeah, if you guys want to actually engage a little more than usually, we know you're out there. If you want to engage a little more, you can give us some material. Uh, yeah, out of this, this is a call to arms for anyone who listens to the show that wants to get you know be more involved. Help us with some content. Um, send in your questions. Although, Hugo, we're not just going to recap old playoff series. That, yeah, don't, that's all he wants us to. Yeah, do. sure. Hugo does that. But if there's anyone else out there. <laughs> Who wants to get involved, ask some questions, um, propose some topics we can discuss. Uh, that would be great. And, um, yeah, so there, there it is. We're, we're, at, uh, we're on Twitter at uh, – I haven't promoted this in like five years. We're on Twitter at ATL's Own Sports. That, that's A-T-L-S-O-W-N-S-P-O-R-T-S, one word. Send us a message. DMs are open. And uh, we will feature your shit on the show. As Adam stares vacantly into the distance. <laughs> I think that concludes this episode. Until next time, rise up, chop one, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality sip. Hospitality sip.